everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart, or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. Hey guys, uh, we were back with Joey Legend uh, and myself. We've got a podcast where we're going to talk to you guys um, with no walls up or any rules in place. We're just going to talk to you straight about what it's like for us to do this new fancy contract we've got with Taihan Press, what it means, uh, what me and Joe are working on together and what we're looking to achieve. Um... So, yeah, Joe, you can take it away. What does it start? Just, you know, happy to be here. And, you know, a lot of stuff uh, kind of falling. It was, I want to say falling into our lap. It's not really falling into our lap because you've been busting your ass. Yeah. You've been busting your ass like crazy to get done. So it's more um, paying off for a lot of hard work. But you yeah. Can, you know, the lion's share of the credit for getting it. No. Do you not remember me telling you when people put me over for my work, I fucking, I hate it because I don't feel like, you know, I deserve it. You're the one putting the miles in the legwork, you deserve the credit. Yeah, I know, but it's it's like, it's weird because even in the dance thing, I did 90% of the, the, you know, the shows were all me. I fucking drew up the, you know, who was battling who and why we were doing it. I did all that, but I never liked getting the credit for it because to me it was you know, paving the stones for, you know, it to become something. So if mm-hmm. I don't put the miles in, then what's what's the point? I'm not investing in myself. Right. But plenty of people don't. You did. 
Mm-hmm. And you're finally getting rewards for it just because. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's let's not count our chickens too too quickly here. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So the contract between us is we are releasing one book a month for three years. That's the deal we agreed to. Mm-hmm. Even though you're supposed to do social media. <laughs> Did you forget that? Well, I mean, I can do what I can, but I, I'm yeah, terrible with my own social media. Just for the wrestling stuff. I, I, I know. So I have no idea where you are half the time, so I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it was better before the whole lockdown nonsense. Yeah. Because, you know, I was constantly on the road. Like, you know, I, I, I always have time sitting in an airport mm-hmm. to handle stuff. But then everything came to a grinding halt. Now getting things moving again is uh, it's, it's a short getting things rolling again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I never did TikTok. I fucking, I, I hate that. I hate sticking this old mug on on a camera. Because for so long now, I've been in the shadows. And I'm like, I have to do what every day? Like, she's got me doing a video every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're joking me, right? Like, see, when we go on the road, because you know we're going to do stuff together, they want us to record that and, like, put it in a video. Right. Oh, I mean, <laughs> what, what are they going to see? Us sitting in a car? Us talking shit. Like, I mean, I've seen people go online and show pictures of their lunch. Yeah, I know. I mean, pictures of people on the road, you know, following through on, on their interests and stuff. It's not a terrible thing. I've watched yeah. more shoot interviews from that guy Hannibal interviewing mm. wrestlers like they're on a car ride to a show. I'm just sitting yeah. there, basically sitting there staring at the back of Scott Steiner's head while Scott's <laughs> answering questions and swearing about people. And it was entertaining as hell, even though it was weird, but it was kind of like I was in the car with him. Where they'd yeah, up. so you feel like you're on the road with him, yeah. It was, it was kind of nice. So I can oh. imagine somebody who doesn't get a chance to that, you know, gives you a little bit more of that experience. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's just, because, it, like, I had to explain it to Ian. I'm like, I gotta do videos every day. And he, he just sort of looked at me like, eh? Because, like, me and him, for so, like, because he's just, I've just gotten to that point where I'm not recognized anymore, which is great. Because I, I was actually enjoying the whole not, walking into a shop and not being recognized. Um, and now it's kind of like flipping it and having to go back to the days of when I can't just walk, walk in the shopping center with him. Because somebody's gonna see me and I'm gonna get approached or what? You know, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so weird because like the dancing stuff is coming back now because I am doing the videos. Right. So like, my I broke the fourth wall with Marcus on this one, so I may as well tell the story here. But there was a a story about we were at jump off and there was this really asshole kid who just wasn't wasn't very respectful and so we came up with the idea to make him come in front of everybody right okay so there's a video circulating now from 2000 and i can't remember when we did that anyway it's an old video and the guy's lying handcuffed on the fucking platform doing his you know his thing and the girls i told them ramp it up ramp it up ramp it up till till you make him do this and he did it and then this this is what they're blasting now and I'm like oh shit this is going to come back to bite me today (laughs) has a little bit I've I've got a little bit of behind the scenes crap but you know 
Yeah. It was supposed to be a joke that got taken too far. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's just a different. I've had numerous conversations with my buddies from high school, who I'm still tight with to this day. Um, shoot, one yeah. of them moved to Germany, actually. He lives in Munich. He's a drummer for Saga and Spotsbury. He's the best drummer. But um, you know, we've had lengthy discussions about the fact that we kind of grew up at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because there's no evidence of all the mischief we get into. Yeah. Right? We get, you know, cell phones and camera phones came in, you know, well when we were into our 20s. It wasn't, yeah. you know, so that we dodged a bullet there. But in turn, there's still that bullet for a generation now. So everything you do that's online, it's there forever. So trying to get pissed out of a pool, you can't do it. Yeah. It, but it, you it, should it's... be fairly cautious of what you put on there, and especially what you put on about other people. Yeah, like it could be. Oh, I saw she was some celebrity. No, I mean, God, no, we're never celebrity. Lady celebrity, very famous actress. I wish I remember who it was. I saw the post today. She was saying, you know, like remember when you were a kid, you were in school, and you did something stupid, Mm -hmm. and everybody laughed, and you felt like dirt, and you know, three, four days later, something else happened to somebody else, and everybody forgot about your thing, and uh, your life went on. Yeah. Now, update it now where you did something stupid, somebody got it on video. It never goes away. Now, three days later, somebody else did something, but to get the heat off them, they rebroadcast your first video to put the heat back on you. Yep. It haunts you forever, and you can't get it from under. You can't make people forget. Because, you know, as they say, everybody makes mistakes. See, I thought I was being smart. I was trying to be extra conscious about what you're putting on just for other people, because you don't know how, how deeply you might be scarring them. Well, I, I I know the kid left the dance style. Uh, no, he left he left dancing completely. I I, I believe because I got accused of <laughs> shoving him out the door, which I did mm. because he broke the rules and you know at that time I was big on respect. I'm not now, but back then I was because well, I'd been doing it for a while. If it's gonna ruin your your business, you've got to handle oh, it. This. No, it's not gonna ruin my business because I'm out of it now, but. No, no, but the point is, is if you're running the business and somebody's doing something rude, you mm-hmm. got to try and, you know, get that to stop. I mean, if you listen yeah. to Jim Corner in his podcast, he talks about almost everybody in AEW and most of the WWE locker room. He gets hot and screaming and yells. Uh, but, you know, he wants to throw him screaming out of a helicopter. Um, he feels they're doing a disservice to the business that he worked very hard to bring. Yeah. Of I understand when he gets his kind of tits in a tangle and uh, you know feels that all his work was for naught he did all his work to build up the business and then these people come along and cutting it off at the knees and he's just staring there watching you know watching his baby die. I can understand why he's upset about that hmm. um, at the same time I don't know if I don't know which way to go after things like that yeah because I mean like when I see when I see as Cornet would call them outshot outlaw mud show wrestling I see guys doing this crazy stuff and they're hurting themselves and doing it for pennies, they do it in front of ten people, but a million people see it online. Mm-hmm. I understand I understand the attraction of getting it online and oh my god, a million people saw my thing, you know, this could up my status. It doesn't. It doesn't. At least no. not not for WWE. WWE laughs when guys send them videos of them doing stupid garbage moves. They laugh at them. Mm-hmm. And it hurts your chances rather than Maybe AEW's different. Maybe they like guys who take risks. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, the Hardys, I mean, the Hardys, the Hardys made a career 
I had to do it. Yeah, after that Omega thing where they were doing crazy bumps and Foley jumping off the roof and everything. So, you know, guys who make careers up there, too. Talented guys, good guys. Um, but th- those guys can tell a story, though. Yeah, but there's no reason to star power. That, there was no reason to suggest at the time that they could. It yeah. was just guys going out there and hurting themselves because they thought mm-hmm. it was good. The fact that they were willing to learn is great. And I'd like to think that most people going into the job would be willing to learn and not want to leave the job with Yeah. But right now it's just about getting that pop and promoters aren't helping and they're doing, you know, every match on this show is a gimmick match. Well, then nobody cares. Nobody cares about the characters. Yeah. Like, you never buy a ticket that says hip or a t shirt that says hip toss. No. You buy a t shirt of the name of the character because you cared about the character. Look at Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. He was mid to upper mid card and occasionally danced at the top of the card to yeah. put somebody over, to put over Undertaker, to put over Sean, to put over mm-hmm. whomever. Dwayne, yeah. And then when he, when he fell off the roof with the cage, he said, I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I'm going to kill myself and my kids are freaking out. He decided to make himself a character, put a sock on his hand, make people care about him, and all of a sudden he was a main eventer all the time, and they made him world champ three times because people yeah. cared about the character. Then it, the perception of Foley wasn't, can't wait to see him fall off something. It's going to see him going, oh my god, I hope he doesn't fall off something. And there was so much more, um, I don't know, more so emotion much, to a, it. a better energy from the crowd. Mm-hmm. They were happy when he didn't hurt himself. Yeah. That, and that that's my problem now. Like I look at dancers now, and I'll get asked. People send me stuff and say to me, "Oh, why doesn't the crowd react to me?" And I'm like, "Cause you're doing all these tricks. You're not putting anything in that anybody's gonna." It literally now is, "Oh, look at the tricks I can do." Yeah. It's the same problem. It's the same problem yeah. you guys have got. We've now got, and I'm like, I- I'm just too old for this shit. <laughs> To me, it, it, I've, watched, I've watched bits and bobs of it, and a lot of it just looks like a very expensively edited version of Japanese. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I guess you're saying dancing is kind of the same way. It, it, well, um, it is. It's, it's, I mean, because when I look at the Apache stuff that's coming out now, it's more back to my roots. It's more back to how I learned. But then when I when I get videos from other kind of younger talent who have sent it to me because they want genuinely to me to tell them why they're not getting a reaction from people and it's stuff in a studio so there's nobody there to react to it anyway i have to explain well why aren't you doing this live why are you just doing this in a concrete box where nobody can see you because that's not the point of this yeah and uh, yeah i mean i've been bashing my head against the wall all week but (laughs) Well, it's until they stop, until the bigger company, as far as wrestling, it's until mm. the bigger companies stop glorifying that. Stop giving credence to that. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I was WWF and WWE, I'd never have another Hell in a Cell match. Not for years. No. Because now, every Hell in a Cell match has to have somebody fall off the top. If you don't, the crowd feels they've been ripped off. But now the guys no, will they, say, they, all right, they well, did go, in that last one. I'll, I'll go and, you know, but yeah. Is anybody talking about it? Yeah. But the Hell in the Cell? Mm-hmm. I don't hear anybody talking about it. Not well, the way they're they to- they're talking they about it because the guy bled in it. Essentially, Finn Balor got hit in the head with the fucking ladder in 14 stages. They just stapled them at ringside. That was at Mania, right? Yeah. Yeah, because there was a legitimate injury. Mm-hmm. It was a legitimate... It, it wasn't like he took a blade and went... You know, it was, it was 
he actually got hit in the head with the ladder and split himself open. Yeah, and then they spent like, what, ten minutes putting the, putting staples in so he could continue the match. So no, which was you know drives home the fact that it's a physical thing, but at the same yeah. time, but then they don't show deadly, something deadly and dangerous has to happen. Yeah, Whereas before, but to be fair, how many times open? has Edge thrown a fucking ladder at you and not hit you in the head? Is my point. It was just a mis like a fucking. Yeah, no, I'm not saying anyone's you know? to blame. Like it's just. A, they have to do, especially because it's mania. They got to go for extra. Um, they have to do extra dangerous and you know showboaty stuff because it's mania. Everybody's gonna yeah. you know bring their A game, which is fine. But at the same time, the expectation from the crowd is so high because so many guys have fallen off the top of the stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Kishi fell off in the truck. Foley fell off onto the thing into the. the and I suppose AEW's version of last, you know, Hell in a Cell thingy fell well, off. Sammy, I Gimbaro. saw they did the they did that one ladder with Cody, and Cody was like on the ladder, and the kid jumped off and cuttered him from off the top of the ladder or something. That was an mm-hmm. impressive bump. It was, yeah. I'm not saying it's not, but part of it was that you cared about Cody. I don't know how many. I don't know who the other kid was, but everybody was it cared not Sammy Guevara, wasn't it? Could be. I have no idea. I don't really watch the show. I, I try to pay attention. I try. Doesn't mean it always sticks. No, I, I do I, try and pay attention. I I've watched. I've watched too much. I need. I need to break away from it for a while till, you know, the whole you know, how can you miss you if you won't go away type thing. So I yeah, have to give wrestling a break, and then I can come back to it. That like right now, if I watch anything, stuff pops up on my feed on Facebook where it's like old stuff from the eighties from world class, mm-hmm. like Kerry Von Erich and Terry Gordy and stuff like that. Which was the stuff that got me into wrestling to begin with. So I, you know, I nostalgia bombed myself back into the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll advance up the, up the. You so know you're going to end up having to go back and study dance because we are going back into the Layla's world and all that stuff mm-hmm. now. <laughs> you're going to so fucking hate me <laughs> by the end of this. So I'm going to have to learn, I'm just going to have to learn to understand. <laughs> well, no, it's more me or me bitching to you, going, "Oh, why the fuck are they traveling so much? And why are they doing but that's that?" What, but that's what I do when I'm watching wrestling. Like, I can't enjoy watching wrestling too much, especially yeah. live shows. When I'm doing live shows, I was in South Africa a couple weeks ago, yeah, and a lot of the guys will ask me to watch the matches. Mm-hmm. Now, they're all great guys. I can't think of one guy I don't like on the team down there. They're all great, great guys, and good talents, and everything else. Um. But it was raining a bit, and because I was in the main event, I didn't want to go out and be seen. Yeah, so you have to hide, yeah. So I was able to kind of avoid doing that. But any other show, they usually ask me, hey, you know, because I've been around forever. Do you mind watching Mm -hmm. my match and giving me pointers? So I'll do it. Try to avoid it, because I don't want to sit there and just bitch at people. Like, yeah, this this wasn't very good, that wasn't very good. I want to try and, you know, be positive and say, well, here's here's, I like your ideas, but blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. But at least with that, I can be critical because they're asking me to be critical. To yeah. watch it just for entertainment value. I yeah. sit there and I watch anything. And 10, 20 seconds in, I'm like, all right, who booked this? Who was their agent? They're crying out loud. Why did he do that? And I yeah. sit there and I just get myself in a mood. That That's so how I'm I just, am now I'm, about dance, I'm the yeah. architect of my own demise in that. Is where I just sit there and I watch this thing and I just sit there and get mad. Mm-hmm. So I th- I've decided I'm not going to do that to myself. Like, you remember when the Hardy Boys were in TNA? And they did. I don't know. I don't know. Was what it was this bef- was this before Jeff went off his face or after? 
I can't remember. It's where Matt did a backstage thing and vignettes where it looked like he was on a Mexican soap opera. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All these great stuff. You have to see this. And look, it got a lot of attention for TNA, which TNA was desperately in need of. Yeah. Yeah, there was. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll take a look. So I put it, I found it on YouTube YouTube. or something. Mm -hmm. I watched 20 to 30 seconds of it. And I was like, nope, can't do it. Shut it off. Mm -hmm. I really like Matt. I don't know if I've ever met his wife, but I'm sure she's a lovely lady. I like Matt a lot. I like Jeff a lot. Don't like that stuff in wrestling. No. I like it when it's sports based. When it went full Mexican soap opera, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to shut it off be happy that they're doing well. And my yeah. friends, and they're doing well, and they're getting the attention, the company's getting the attention that it needs. I don't, it doesn't need me viewing it. And I don't want to sit there and then gripe about something my friends do. Yeah. So I showed it. And I find I'm doing that more and more in general with all of it. Yeah, I need to get in a mood, and I don't yeah. want to put myself in a mood for no good reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to do it, but the thing is, I also need to, like, study what's going on in dance so that my books stay relevant to what the choreography level is. So yeah, when yeah. the books are coming out, it's not late. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, God, why are you why are you doing that? that no, that doesn't make... And, and, I, I get, and Ian can literally see me just riling myself up about it. Yeah. Well, and again, I, you're and not I have to it, walk away. You're not doing it for the entertainment value. You're doing it for professional. Like, I yeah. had to do a podcast for a friend of mine. He lives in Finland. Yeah. You said him in Canada. He's Moved, him and his family originally, I think, from Finland. They moved to Canada. Well, they moved Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The point is, he runs a podcast. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, you want to do my podcast in like three weeks?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. No, it's late at night, but I say, "Yeah, I'm not busy. It's fine." And then about a week before, he said, "Oh, are you watching the AEW pay per view?" Um, no, want to plan on it? Yeah. He said, "Well." Podcast is two hours. The first hour, um, we review the pay-per-view, the most recent pay-per-view from whichever company had it. Yeah. And then the second hour, we talk about the business. We just kind of thread our thoughts on that show up into what the modern business is, and we talk about business. Mm -hmm. Do you mind watching it? I said, "Uh, all right, where can I see it? And he sent me a link. Oh, is it fight.com? I have no idea. This is a while ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. The the main event was with uh, Moxley, and it was supposed to have the ring blow up, and like three sparklers went off. Yes, was, I know what the one you're on about. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, yeah, I I watched the shoot on that. I think it was a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I I watched that. That's the only AEW show I've watched from front to back. Mm-hmm. I admire. It is better now. I'll I'll give them credit. It is yeah. better now. I admire. I admire the passion of the team. Nobody phones it in. Everybody no. puts on the work roots when they show up. I appreciate that. I think they all kind of have that. Asses, yeah. I think they, well, I think they have that mindset like ECW had. ECW guys were like, you know, we got to work hard because, you know, we're the new guys on the block and we got to, you know, we got to get attention some way. Mm-hmm. We can't coast on the business model name. And so mm-hmm. I admire the passion all stuff. The product, what Not I saw that, that day wasn't for me. Yeah, but they shouldn't gear it towards me or for my taste, so I'm not no. buying tickets. Yeah, they, exactly. They have their audience, and they're gearing their their content for their audience. Yeah, they shouldn't gear it towards me, but I'll it watch is... it, and I'm, I will do my best to pick up the stuff I like. 
yeah. more times than not, I sit there and I grumble, who the hell? I just sit there like a bitchy old man, which I guess I am, and just get moody about the whole thing. But I, that was the only yeah. one I've watched front to back was that, and that was a couple of years ago. Really. Yeah. That's how up-to-date I am on their full product, other than when I listen to Cornette talk about the weekly ratings. I, I, I think Raven talks about it, doesn't he? Doesn't he nope. do it like a... Doesn't Raven review it on his podcast? I've never listened to his sure. podcast, he, but... He, he's involved in MLW. I imagine he'd oh. probably keep most of the most of the attention in his podcast if he's going to talk about wrestling. Um, I think he does. I think he'd trick him into it every week or something. Than, well, yeah. he wouldn't want to advertise the other company's product, I don't think. No. I think he'd keep no. attention on the company that, you know, is paying paying his wage. Yeah. Uh, That'd be my guess. I mean, if he if he gets interviewed outside of his podcast, I'm sure people with other people who are really inside the business. Yeah. Yeah, or, it's weird. Yeah, that. like when you those kayfabe commentaries videos. I mean, the whole yeah. prospect of that was on uh, somebody's going to come and interview him on specifically Family. the inside of the business, so he yeah. knows going in he's going to talk about that. Well, to be fair, if you've ever watched any of them, stuff. yeah, if you've ever right. watched any of them, it's you kind of you see how his mind works, but then you also get the funny stories that kind of just there. It's a lot like when you're writing with me because I I go off on a tangent sometimes, and you have to go, Crystal come back over here you know like it's it's weird because i can see a lot of how his mind works comparing to mine if you know well, what i mean because i yeah. i got brought in the old way of the dancing where you know i wasn't studio i wasn't i wasn't technically in school so i had to learn that shit on my own thrown in the deep end at 13 years old you know like <laughs> it was the same well, for him he went a month into wrestling school and then he was right into the business so it's I, I, hmm. I get well, where he comes from. Yeah. But also, they put out one video. Because I used to co-host this one wrestling podcast that was based out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk about whatever was in the business at the time. I, well, I watched more stuff, so it was, I had a more in-depth opinion. Um, yeah. But then he got a deal with that kayfabe commentaries that they'd send him a stack of DVDs to review. So that right. he'd burn them and send me copies. Then I'd sit and watch them. And I was like, yeah, don't send me any wrestling matches. Yeah. Well, no, I just, I, don't send me any wrestling matches. I don't care if I have to see the match. But yeah. I would like to see the interviews. I like seeing those KP Punch. I love seeing, like, the one with uh, Jim Cornette interviewing Bobby Heenan. And it's yeah. more entertaining than any wrestling show I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. when Bobby Heenan is so witty that he can make Jim Cornette the straight man. That's amazing. It That's is. It's, a tr- it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing trick, yeah. But... There was one with Raven, and the thing's called Guest Booker. I saw that. They Yeah, they've had a few. They had Gar- Gary Hart. He had him, okay, here's Guest Booker. We're going to give you a time frame, a one- or two-year time frame. You're going to book world-class wrestling, but there's no Von Eriks. How would you do it? How would you make money? And then you listen to how the guy book, and apparently he's brilliant with booking Gary Hart. I, I can't remember who, who forced me to sit down and watch that, but somebody did, yeah. But they have one with Raven... And they said, mm-hmm. okay, um, you're in ECW, you're booking ECW, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall leave WWE, but they don't go to WCW to start the New World Order. They come mm-hmm. right to ECW. 
book them for a year leading from the when they arrive for one year in the first paper. Barely legal. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. As he was going through, well, here's what I do, blah, 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 blah. And he's just kind of doing this off the top of his head. But mm-hmm. everything he says, in my mind as I'm listening to him, I'm going, you know what, I do this. And then he says the exact same thing. Yeah. And like, we had a very similar mindset on how we structure things building up into, mm-hmm. into barely legal. So that's why I think he and I get on as well as we do, because I think we have a similar mental structure as far as how wrestling should be booked, like, from the match to, or yeah. a match to a card, to an angle, to, you know, a long-term angle. We have yeah. the very similar mindset on how to, how to broaden things out. I mean, don't get me Watch wrong. It, when... You'll get a great insight on how to get territory uh, I've over, seen it. How to I've get seen a wrestler it. I'm... over pretty yeah. sure somebody pulled me aside and said you're going to fucking watch this and I can't remember who it was that was just fucking shit on me but well, if somebody we... if people who are watching this or are listening to this now get a chance mm-hmm. go to uh, they, there's a lot of fans that listen to this so yeah that's fine but if you get a chance to go to k commentaries or find a copy of it it's yep. like this the series is called guest booker and it's Raven booking Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in ECW if you want to understand how how booking works. Yeah. A constructive, proper, long term booking works by somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Watch that that video, you will come out uh, more educated. See, I, than I like the fact that video. he explained why, right? And this yeah. this was what I did when I went to one PW in England, I was all ready to explain, well this is why we're doing this with the promoter. And the promoter could give a fucking rat's ass. Like he didn't care. I spent fucking a week tanning my hide to write this fucking brilliant show, and the guy didn't care, because I gave him the matches he wanted, but I gave storyline. And then the fucking company folded before I, it ever really took off, which pisses me off. But that's the same point. They're but back like, now, aren't they? Yeah, they're back, but... I don't... I was gonna reach back out to them, and then I thought, no. Because if I go back writing wrestling... It'll drive me mad very quickly because it's it's all UK people. There's no, there's nobody coming over, so. But somebody. I thought I'd read that they had John Morrison, a couple other. They had um oh the guy that did the storyline with uh, John Cena and uh, that girl. They did like this whole. Kane kept beating him up, and John felt bad, and then John ended up kissing his girlfriend. Thing. I can't remember his kid's name. That fuck. Anyway, um, there were, there has been a couple of Americans, but I just the idea of going back and writing for UK companies at the moment. I'm just I'd love to do it, but then at the same time, I'm going to come up against the same problems I had last time. Of oh, you're a girl, or are you a ring rat? The amount of times I got that said to me, just. Yeah, put me off a bit. But this this a week, lot. I mean, I've heard that. I don't know how many times I heard that for all the girls in WWE. Every one of them, all oh, they're rats. They're all whores and stuff. And I've never slept with a wrestler, so I don't even know where the <laughs> fuck that comes the thing from. Is, is, well, the thing is, is that you get a girl like, for argument's sake, like I don't know, Trish, Trish mm-hmm. Travis, beautiful and super nice. Stunning. I get on great with Trish. She's mm-hmm. really cool. Um. She's, you know, on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, say pretty much six days a week. Yeah. She's like one day at home, and then, you know, her second other day at home, 
is travel day or, you know, laundry and stuff, right? So how is yeah. she going to cultivate a relationship with anybody outside the business? Not to mention, how are any guys going to understand? Exactly. And most of the guys she meets aren't going to be as well built as the WWE guys. So that is, there's a certain threat as well to the, yeah. to the guys' masculinity. Yeah. So she dates the guy in WWE and maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't. But if it doesn't, she simply breaks up with them. But she's going to stick with her community. People yeah. who understand why she likes the business. People she's going to see all the time. Um, I, I've made this exact same mistake, yeah. yeah. And then she goes on the road. And, okay, so she stops dating wrestler A. But then, you know, she gets along wrestler B. And, oh, why don't I try dating him? Mm-hmm. So she dates him. It's nothing. It's not her just bed hopping. No. She's trying to have a relationship with somebody. In her community, that community is a traveling circuit. Yeah, and I mean that and she, was. But the... she gets labeled. A, she gets labeled a whore for it, and that's wrong because she's not a whore for it. She's simply well, trying to find somebody to spend her life with. What's wrong with that? Exactly. Like I was thirteen when I went on the road with the dance stuff, and I got because our version to your ring rat is rabbit, right? So if you ever get called a rabbit, it's not a good thing. And I got tagged. I wouldn't even say we'd been on the road two weeks and I got tagged as a rabbit. Just because I'm small, I stuck to my character, and I I didn't sit in the lounge, I didn't sit in the bar with everybody, so if, it, if people were hanging out in the room I was sharing with Derek, they were hanging out in the room that I shared with Derek. It wasn't like I was having fucking threesomes or foursomes in the room. But because the, the guys were in the rooms with us, because I actually knew what I was doing putting the dance stuff together, and people wanted to work with me, because I knew what I was doing, I got I got nicknamed Rabbit, and then because it was almost like an insult. Like I walked into One PW, I hadn't even been, I don't I don't think I'd even dropped my bags in my room before one of the Scottish wrestlers called me a ring rat, which which pissed me off because I'm like mm-hmm. I'm there at work, and I don't think they had told any of the UK boys I can't work. And this is why I ended up sitting with Rhino and everybody. Because Rhino fucking treated me with respect. Hmm. You know, but a lot of like, guys will look at a girl who wasn't a wrestler, who mm-hmm. somehow got a job in wrestling, and think, oh, she screwed her way in. Yeah. But but he didn't. Like, he was like, so who are you? No, Rhino's, cause yeah. Rhino's a good guy. Like, I'm not, I'm, mm-hmm. the thing is that it's... I love him. It's, a, it's just a preconceived notion that people go, well, you know, if you're in the business, it's doing anything is because you were in the business doing something else. Pretty much. And but if that's the case, if that's the case where you just show up, the is that you've got your authority over them. Well, how does she get authority when she's never laced up a pair of boots? I yeah. know how. And the thing is that some girls have done that. And so they just kind of paint with, paint with a broad brush. And then they were all pissed off at me that I didn't sleep with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> because they felt was that like... was... They, they felt that was the, so, your way in so they could get... Mm-hmm. A boost yeah. in their in their career the same way. Yeah, and it, it was because to me it was hilarious because I went and I sat with the guy that ran it. Uh, not telling me that one of the fucking UK guys that was in the back was also writing the show, which I would have fucking liked to know before I showed up. But he paid my train ticket down. He paid my hotel there, and I was just like, "Fuck," you know. But I did. The one thing I did when I came into that hotel, and I do it everywhere I go, and it's something that's ingrained in me from the dance stuff, is I go around and introduce myself to everybody. Right? That's what I do. And I got such... Yeah, and then, of course, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because I'd never been backstage, did I? So, 
I went in and I, I shook hands with everyone and, and I was just like the way the UK guys treated me was miles fucking different to the US guys mm-hmm. and then I got heat because I sat with the US guys because they treated me with respect and the others won't and I just I was just like this this is this is insane you know Anybody had a question about the show, they came and they asked me. The Americans came and asked me. They were like, okay, my match is blah, blah, blah. And I says, I don't... I wrote the storyline, that's it. You make up the match, you do what you want. This is what we have. And that was how I worked. And I think... It it was very eye-opening for me to go from the dance world where I got a lot of shit for being smart to then going into wrestling and thinking, oh, they'll at least respect me for being smart, and then realizing, shit, no, they're not going to respect me for being smart, because they look at me, they say size zero, and think, oh, there's a slut. You know? I just, I don't know. It was a bad experience. I, I wish I could mm-hmm. redo it. Have a All better right. well, experience. You're kind of in a no-win situation. If you go and you sit with the foreigners, oh, she's yeah. being a mark for the foreigners, what, she thinks we're not, you know, on par... But then yeah. if you go and sit with the local guys, oh, what is she, just blanking the foreigners? What is she, you know, they're, yeah. they're, we're spending a lot of money on them. They're the draw. Why aren't she spending mm-hmm. time with them? So you're kind of in a no-win situation there. I was in a no-win situation from the minute I got there, so. Yeah. But so just, I, know, I've i learned, and now with with COVID, you remember that, remember when I introduced you to Jump Up to begin with, and there was actually the dance battles and the rap battles and everything. So the pandemic shut them down, and if like I was talking to the guy that runs it, and he goes, "Um, Kit was my name when I ran that storyline, not my favorite character." And he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Kit, you could come and you could write for us." And he wasn't gonna fucking pay me, but he wanted me to come and write for him. He wanted mm-hmm. me to write the shows for him. He wanted me to set it all up. And I'm like, too old for that. I'm not fucking traveling from Sterling to London to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's the rest just, of the business, as too. Yeah, but the thing is, I've been in dancing for so long, I should have that respect. I can't offer you any money, but Mm -hmm. I'll pay, you know, you get great exposure. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's great, because my rent is four exposures. (laughs) Right? I know, dumbest thing ever. You know, that's why when I'm teaching my students, like, I've got various schools I teach at a lot. Yeah. And I always tell them, like, one of the five big principles in wrestling is get paid. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it's funny because I, I didn't, really I didn't see that toy mate. I don't mean to you got to treat promoters like puppies, and you got to train them. Yeah, yeah. But you have to, you have to remind them that you know, it's like they'll they'll treat you like garbage, and you know, oh, if you won't do it, this, you're you don't love the business. Well, there's yeah, oh, your. Oh, I, I've, I've gotten, yeah, you, I've gotten. No, but the word that, business, yeah. the word business implies professional. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid. If you're not, if it's. Yeah. If it's a hobby, you don't get paid. If it's a business, you're, pay, you're getting paid. Yeah. So when they say, I don't love the business, like, well, I love business because I'm getting paid. You're asking me to treat it like a hobby. Yeah. So Cause it, that's it not It was happening. weird. When me and you started working together, I still did, like, the odd fucking show where I didn't get paid. I was retired, and I was, like, still going and, and acting like I was in my 20s, going and, you know, setting up the show and... And it wasn't until I spoke to you, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. I was, what, 21 when we met? Okay. Give or take, I think. 
And I thought I've been doing that for what eight years. Eight years. Yeah. And I'm I'm still getting treated like I'm the ground floor girl. Right. And I thought like if it wasn't for you and then meeting Ray Rhino and kind of him, I'd probably still be doing that bullshit because I thought. I have to prove that I love the dance industry. Like, no, I don't have to prove that anymore. I'm too old for this. And the thing is, everyone gets on to me about being retired. But I retired because I can't do my style with another dude because I have a husband. And there is that kind of element of, he doesn't want to watch some guy throwing me in the air and grabbing me by the crotch and holding me up there. Like... Mm -hmm boundaries people like yeah. I, I've been explaining that a lot lately a life outside of it. yeah you have to be respectful to that and be respectful to your father and, you and know, that's the thing like you, and, you, expect, you would expect him to be respectful to you. you would expect him not to go to a strip joint and be feeling up strict. exactly to be right? fair we and have gone did, out and both said ooh she's hot <laughs> you no, know but that's is, just us if he were to go out if he were to go out without you mm-hmm. and spend a whole evening monkeying around with a stripper You'd yeah. be hot about it. You, can't, you found it later. Probably. Because he didn't he has... tell you. Because no. he didn't tell you. If he, went out, if he went out and didn't tell you that he was going, and you found I out about it. I never asked him where he's way, going, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I get I your think, point. I think you'd be hot about him right for this. Yeah. In, in, in turn, for you to go out and do something like that, the whole dance thing, without at least telling him ahead of time, this is what I'm doing, this is what it's about. Yeah. Um... He has a right to be a little bit annoyed about that because, hey, you're like, I'm uncomfortable with that. Why didn't you take my feelings into consideration? Yeah, because so he it, should take your feelings into consideration. Yeah. You better take his as well. And it's it's weird for me learning this because I did the whole dance thing. I I didn't sleep around. I was very respectful of everybody. You know, I had my dance partner. I worked with him till he, he crocked it on me. But that was my thing. Like, I had that single you know, I, I had to do it myself kind of thing. Like, the independence thing. Now that I'm married, is like, having to shift everything. Because, like, when we first started working together, he was nervous. Like, 100% nervous that we were working together. Right? Because you're a big guy, you're the kind of guy that he knows I used to go for, and he's not. And I, I totally had to learn through you, funnily enough, how to communicate with him and be like, yeah, right. Nothing's going to happen between me and Joe. Even though some of the, the authors always thought we were together. We were never together. But, because yeah. remember we read that online, you and me saw that comment online once. But also, we've not been in the same room before. No. no. Which, is, which I think is hilarious. I'm like, how, how are we having this affair when we don't even live in the same fucking country? <laughs> but I get that, like, I get that with anyone, so... Yeah. You and your husband just, you know, keep, keep the lines of communication open and everything will be fine. Yeah, and that's why I do now. If, like, if there's a line that he feels he can't deal with you crossing, you gotta have yeah. a discussion. Vice versa. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say he's he is nervous about me being back around the wrestling business, but it's not because he thinks I'll cheat. It's because he thinks she's gonna get so sucked in by the boys that I'm never gonna see her. That's his worry, and I have to. I have to be understanding of that because I. I know me. I know that I would rather go sit and spend two hours talking shit with you, or Raven, or Rhino, or whoever, 
because you guys talk about the things that I'm passionate about. He's mm-hmm. a totally different world. He's not in my career world. He's not in my professional world. Right. So I've been explaining it's also this a to different, him. If this yeah. was if this was twenty years ago, hmm. that worry would have more validity because there was yeah. you know full time wrestling work on the road. Yeah. I'd come to I come. I, I think he I'd would. Say, I think he would struggle if you and me and Raven and everybody was in a car. Then he would no, no, be like. like I know. used to. I used to come to England and do two, three months at a time. Yeah. Right. Now it's mostly weekends. Like unless there's a bank holiday weekend or something like that mm-hmm. to come over for you know I'll do a four or five shots. But there's really not. There's nobody it's who runs same, like a, yeah. a seven day schedule for any length of time unless it's the summer break. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different animal there where it's just. He doesn't have the risk of you running off because Monday to Thursday, there's nothing. <laughs> exactly. So he's got an even easier time of it now, whereas 20 years ago, it would have been hard. Yeah. I mean, I could understand him freaking out if I was in a car getting changed with you guys, sharing hotel rooms with you guys. I could understand it then because I am mischievous. I do play pranks. You, you know, to me... It doesn't mean anything if I walk up and I hug a guy or I'm rolling around on top of a bed with a guy because we're just play fighting or whatever. None of that has ever gotten into my, my frame of mind in regards to, oh, well, how's my husband to take this? But if I'm rolling around with a female, he doesn't really care. But the second it's a guy, then he cares. You know, and I'm just learning all these these rules. But we've been together 15 years and I'm like, dude, if I've not left you in 15 years, what yeah. makes you think that's going to happen now? But you around guys like that's more threatening to them yeah but then I keep explaining to him just because I'm around guys this is I'm bisexual right so either side could be temptation for me but I don't go there because I have loyalty well you know how loyal I am I've busted my ass with you for what over a decade now because I'm like 34 now yeah so like he knows I'm loyal why he can't just accept that you know but that's just me. Maybe, maybe it's also old Dan's been, thinking. But also he's never met. Sure. Sure. So there's a question mark over what's he like. And I always talk highly about you, so. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I always reference you as Father Joe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just Whereas, like, you know, yeah. I think a, the scariest things are always when you can't see. And what yeah. you don't know. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't really know me. He knows what you said. He knows me through you. What you mm-hmm. said. And calls these over here. Probably after five minutes, be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, because if he saw us in a room, you would you would hug me like a dad. Probably pat me on the head and be like, <laughs> you know, and that that would be the interaction. But... You'd also see that I hug everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I hug everybody too. But All my buddies, I, you know. My yeah. buddies in Canada, like, as a kid, like in high school, you know, maybe it's just the era I grew up in, but like, you know, if you hugged your buddy, like somebody go, oh, sad. <laughs> I hug crazy. everybody. I freaked, yeah, I freaked but, Rhino out with that, actually, because I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to hug you, and he's like, fuck, no. <laughs> no, but that was in the 80s. Like, you know, yeah. whereas now, like, I just hug everybody, and if somebody were safe, I'd be like, really? All right. That's what you want to think. Go ahead. I don't care. In the 80s, mm-hmm. fucking, oh, you know, I hope nobody thinks, you know. Yeah. But that's just your own insecurity. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though. So we, we, we should probably talk about these books, because <laughs> we talked about everything else. Uh-huh. 
So we're doing the Susan family series. Yep. What else are we doing? Focus on the, the whole season because it goes in so many directions. Well, we've got 30, well, 32 new... books was what we agreed to. But yeah. I don't think it's going to stay at 32. But it's, it's not all sequential. It's not no. just, you know, story A, story B, story C, right through it. Yeah. Because, you know, some shoot off to the side. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of interesting. It expands out almost like in a web. Format, yeah. You know? Because I'm supposed to do videos about, like, creating the characters. And I have been. Like, I told the story about how, you know, you used your personal life and your, you know, your wrestling as your inspiration for Charlie. And then mm. how we ended up choosing Raven as inspiration for Harold, for instance, mm. right? So, like, I, I'm doing all those videos, but it's so weird to me because I just finished Layla's. Oh, by the way, I, I had her beat the crap out of Marie in that. Uh, Marie beats <laughs> beat her up in that one. I maybe have to go back and edit that out. <laughs> I just realized that. Crap. That? I had, um... Marie snapping, and uh, she gets. She, they all decide to confront Layla in the ring, and she ends up punching. Marie ends up punching Layla because she loses her cool, because Layla's not being very helpful, and Marie ends up hitting her over Harold. And there's like this thing in the ring corner, and then I was like, ah, no spoilers. <laughs> no, it's no spoiler because like it, okay. you know, you see it fucking coming the whole book, but. I'm just thinking yeah, maybe you have right to go now. back and yeah. edit that a little bit. I didn't know it, but if you, know, if you want to move books, you can't be giving the story away too much. Yeah, well, I'm not giving it all away, but yeah. We're we're going to have to cut Harold's book in half, by the way. Cut it in half? Yeah. It's huge. We're coming yeah. up to 200,000 words. And okay. we're not even at the finish yet. Perfect. Raven promo. Perfect. It is. Every time I write that character, I have him in my head, and it's... See, like, I never realized how awkward it was going to be after writing Harold and then sitting with Raven and actually talking to him. No, we talked the other day. Yeah, because, like, a couple of times I had to, to remind myself, this isn't Harold you're talking to. Like, in mm. my own head, I, I had to keep reminding myself, like, this isn't yeah. Harold, this isn't Harold. Because it it's so easy for me to like slip back into that world when we were writing something else mm -hmm. um it all oh, was weird for for like the first 10 minutes it took me a while to kind of get the gears rolling on something else but in my head i'm playing out all those scenes that i have with marie and harold thinking i hope to god he never reads any of that no, i remember when you were you, you banged on about the herald stuff for a while yeah. And we kind of thrown out ideas here and there. And then once we attached Raven to it, just the whole character is like, oh, boom. Everything yeah, I knew, I knew exactly who I was doing. Yeah. 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 Everything fell into place. Once I, once I attached his face to that dialogue, I'm like, that's good. But now, now we can't see anybody else as him, though. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Like every time I write Perthlin, I think of Rhino. Oh, he's excellent. He's exactly, exactly what made that character needed. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that he, he's doing it is pretty great. <laughs> it's fucking alert. I honestly, like, you see that my times I'm having to stop myself from, from passing a comment that goes through my head. Cause that is, like, that is, you know, you know, I do that. Like, I'll be writing something and I'll just say something fucking random because I'm thinking of something. 
Mm. And I had to, like, because I knew that would throw him. So I was, like, a lot of the times when I was talking to him, I have to, like, not let myself do that. So it's it's a totally, like, I'm learning to write in a total different way with him than what I would write with you. Mm. Because with you, I could make the comment of, oh, I'm giving the wrestlers a hard fucking time on this one. And you would understand that I'm thinking of it from a very much dance perspective. Whereas if I'd said something like that to him, he might not necessarily take it that way because he doesn't maybe understand the world that I've been living in for the last right. 20 odd years, right? right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I think, yeah, we'll need to... I don't think this is going to be 32 books. I think we're looking at 64. <laughs> I haven't told the publisher yet. <laughs> I feel because when I finished well, Layla's no book, it was over a hundred thousand. They, 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 I don't know. Listen, well, I mean, they have an investment. They have an investment, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were checking out everything or had somebody do it. Tell somebody, yeah, yeah watch that and give me the bullet points. So. Oh well, they they know now because I just told them it's sixty four. Because I worked it out, and then like, because by the time we finish, Charlie's got at least ten books. And we've only written one, so we actually need to kind of get together at some point and actually do that. Because we keep we keep meaning to do it, we haven't done it. Yeah. And then been other projects and stuff that kind of jump in the way too. That kind of yeah. you know need immediate attention. It's not like they just you know it's not like just mm-hmm. something shiny that draws your attention. It's, they it requires attention. Yeah, because like Ch- Charlie's totally hundred percent you, and then. I have, like, you know that I switched the switch with Marie, and I live Marie for the entire time I write her. So, it's very difficult for me to balance Charlie and then her at the same time, because I'm I'm almost having to fight my own freaking character the entire time. Yeah. You know? Which I do. It's almost, like, it's almost like you have to write for one, and then shut it off, and then write for mm-hmm. the other one. So you get on both their sides. Cause and that, that's why I need fight. you. Each yeah. one has a dog in the fight, right? Yeah, and that's why I need you, because I need you to be the dog in the fight that stops Marie from fucking taking over the entire thing. Right. Because she's, like, it's, it's funny, because somebody was talking to me about characters the other day, and and I was explaining the difference of how Kit was, like, the worst frigging character I ever played in my life, because it was, mm-hmm. like, this girly girl, and, oh, I was sweet and innocent, and you know me, I'm not sweet and innocent, I'm very dirty-minded, and slightly off collar with things right and it so she wasn't me and then when i came when i got given marie and i got told by derek oh i want you to envision yourself as if you've been sired and i had three wrestling names he gave me you're going to be their dar then marie just sort of fucking took off and it you're was like what? you're going to be what i couldn't hear you oh he he said derek came to me he's like spoke to to you know to layla and that was Kayla's dance character and he said got approval you're going to be the daughter of these three wrestlers imagine they the had daughter. a kid yeah like the, the kid okay. yeah I couldn't yeah. hear the word you were saying okay the daughter okay yeah the daughter of these three guys and, and just imagine you're them I'll not tell on the podcast who it is but I'll tell you another thing and so Marie just kind of came from that because we were pulling on Derek's really shitty home life and then I had parameters to write the fucking rest, like, the whole show from that point on. The whole dance Mm -hmm. thing from there. Because 
Kayla could give fucking two rat's asses about whether there was story in it or not. I'm not athletic, so my only contributor was to write stories. So Marie, when I have to be her, I almost have to think as the, my, like, the psychopathic twin. You know, yeah, it's, it's a pain yeah. in the ass. But I think Charlie's, Charlie's in for, because we're doing like the three prequels for him and then we go present day. Right. So yeah, but I'm thinking we need to we need to do in the next book for Charlie cover how things got so bad between Charlie and Harold. Like actually right. dig into that and think of something to like actually explain why it's gotten to that point. Yeah. <laughs> the way it all flushes out, honestly. Yeah. The structure of the whole storyline thing. Mm-hmm. Is almost like the MCU. It is a bit, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I never noticed that till you said that. Yeah. It just kind of struck me now, like, I don't know why, but... Yeah. As you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, now that I think of it, you know, things kind of go in offshoots, but they all kind of thread together at the end. Yeah. I never thought of it, because, like, to me it was like, the one thing that pissed me off in dance shows was... We always had the same people ending the show every fucking night. And I hated that. I hated that with like every fucking fiber of my being. I'm like, why is it the same two sets that end the show? And it wasn't until I started asking why to everything that we changed the lineup. So then instead of me being double duty ended, so I would be first and last, I ended up just being middle and last or just last. Right. We wouldn't have changed it if I hadn't. If I hadn't said, "Well, why are we doing this?" Because it makes no sense. Like if I hadn't started to show that I had a brain, I don't think that dancing would have lasted a year. Somebody said that to me the other day. They said the only yeah. reason I have a legacy is because I, I was a pain in the ass, but I'm also one of the most hated at the moment. But well, you know, they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. Like, if you just sit there and watch the, the ship sink, like when I did the Celebrity Wrestling mm-hmm. in 2005, when I got to ITV Towers there, D'Lo and I got there, because we yeah. had to sign on sight unseen. Yeah. The show, so we didn't quite know what it was. We knew it was wrestling was involved and mm-hmm. all that, but we didn't know a lot. I knew that I knew that Victoria Silvestre was somehow involved. I was like, okay, well, she seems to draw attention. She's hot. What the hell? And uh, so we got to the ITV Towers, and they sit us down. They said, okay, well, we're excited to have you here, and blah, 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 very, very polite, very nice. And they said, here's what we're going to do. Here's um, here's the sketches, and here's the drawing of the Game Towers. Yeah. And I was like, hey? Game Towers? And so I looked at it, and they said, okay, so we're going to get these celebrities, we're going to give them wrestling-type gimmicks, and you're going to train them, and then Dilo's going to have a team, and you're going to have a team, and then they're going to you know, compete in these games. Mm-hmm. And looking at the towers, like, oh, so it's gladiators. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like in the movies when you hear, like, the record skip and everybody drops yeah. their cup and nostalgia. Yeah. You can't say that. Can't I say had that. the like, same reaction when I called people out for my stuff. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. And I was like, that. what do you. They're like, I was like, what's the problem with that? It's, you can't say that. It's a BBC property and we're ITV. I said, well, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it date rape if you want. It's still, still fucking gladiators. I don't want to tell you. 
And um, they said, well, you know, we, we've done, you know, focus groups and tests, and we believe it's going to be a success. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in. You yeah. guys are paying me. I signed my contract. I am happy to be here. But I'd be remiss if I saw something that I thought might be a problem to not bring it to your attention. Yeah. Because if it is a problem and you agree it's a problem, we can fix the problem before it becomes a major problem. Yeah. Or you can just tell me we don't think it's a problem. Mind your business. Mm-hmm. Take your paycheck and shut up. And I will do the same. I will take that paycheck and I will shut up. Yeah. I said, I think calling a celebrity wrestling is a mistake. It was. It was because, so was. like, you had me and, like, you had Roddy Piper on the show. Okay? We have Roddy I remember Piper's watching team. it, yeah. We have, we have Roddy Piper, so our wrestling base is covered. Mm-hmm. D'Lo, to a lesser extent than Roddy, because Roddy's a super iconic. D'Lo's just really, really good. And then me to a lesser extent than D'Lo, because D'Lo's done really, really well for himself. But we yeah. have the three of us. So you have your wrestling base covered. So I think calling it wrestling is too on the nose because there's no wrestling. People who like wrestling are going to tune it's not going to be wrestling. They're going to shut it off. People who don't like wrestling aren't going to watch it because you're calling it wrestling. And they're not yeah. going to tune in. So you're going to kneecap it. And I brought that to their attention. They told me I was wrong. Shut up and take your money. So I shut up and took my money. And it fell apart. I think largely due to that, as it was misrepresented. Yeah. But I still stand by the decision that if I see a problem, I've got to point it out because we can yeah. correct it early. Or if it doesn't need correcting and you know I'm wrong about it being a problem, then fine. But at least we're on the same page. I got to remember to ask the two questions that we're supposed to cover. The first question is, why did we call Marie's World Marie's World? And the second question was, why why did we combine dance and wrestling? So, <laughs> so that's the two questions we got given, and I was like, ah, I just remembered them. So, oh dear me. So, do you want to have a crack at this? Because, do you want to have a crack at the questions? Which question? So we got two questions. We got why did we call Marie's World Marie's World, and not a wrestling terminology. And why did we take dancing and wrestling and combine the two together? That was our question, so we were supposed to cover tonight. Okay. I think the, the dancing and wrestling thing is because they're two things that don't seem like they fit together, but then you remarkably find out the similarities. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it kind of opens your eyes a little bit. Oh, I didn't realize they were so alike. It's like mm-hmm. um, Steve Austin had uh, Bill Burr on his podcast once. And they were talking about the structure of comedy and the structure of wrestling matches. And Austin's like, you know, you build the audience up, then you mm-hmm. cool them off it, then you build them higher and you cool them off because you don't want them to blow too soon. And Bill Burr's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I do with my comedy. You know, I hit him with a good hard mm-hmm. joke and then tell a little story and get some giggles, but then a hard joke to keep him involved. It was the same story, but it was so interesting yeah. to hear how both those worlds crossed over. So the dance and the wrestling thing kind of crosses over with a similar thing where you go, you don't expect it to. But then when yeah. you see the similarities, you go, oh, wow, I can't believe that. And it draws you in because you feel more knowledgeable at the end of it. I know this is going to be a bad analogy, but this is the only way I can think of it. Like, to me, when I watched wrestling as a kind of young teenager, it looked like sex to me. Right? With the way the audience reacts. Okay? A bunch of attractive people in great shape, tan, no, wearing, no, no, spandex, no. wearing spandex and rolling around on the mat. Play <laughs> That's not I where I was going to go with that. No, but to me, the way that I looked at it, right? Okay, sorry, Raven, I'm going to use you for this example. But 
Raven comes out in Tiani. He's got the the dagger, right? That goes down below the kill. And I'm sorry I noticed shit like that, okay? Sue me. But as a teenage girl who's out there performing in very little clothing herself, and my shit hurts. You've seen me do my shit. It hurts, right? Would we agree with that? Okay. Right? Because I'm dancing on wooden blocks and with my bare toes, but that's a different story. But yeah, so to me, I always looked for people that were in a chaotic environment like myself, but understood that what I was doing was fucking the crowd over and then, you know, winning them back and whatever. That was the relationship Mm -hmm. I had. And wrestling had the same thing. And I liked wrestling because it was just more physical than what I was doing. Also, I, I figured wrestling, I would get better attention because I wouldn't get judged for my size compared to what I was getting judged in dance. And so, yeah, I got really behind it. And if it wasn't for my dance partner, Lovin' Raven, I would never watch TNA. Because he literally came in and he started throwing DVDs at me. I'll never forget this. He started throwing shitty... That was when he was doing Ring of Honor. But all these fucking DVDs at me. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You gotta figure out, you know, like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And he, he loved Raven. That's the whole reason they strung me up with that fucking chain thing that they did at the mm-hmm. end. Was an homage to him. I could have killed Raven for that one, but, you know. Dislocated shoulder. <laughs> Not fun. But Unpleasant. the point of it was, kill my character so that I couldn't come back. And it was an homage to him and, you know. But that was what I loved about it. And if I hadn't had Derek from, like, the age of six telling me, watch wrestling, watch wrestling, I probably never would have watched it. Because to me, growing up, I was growing up with adults only most of the time. So, like, I had adult views on everything. Mm -hmm. So if I hadn't had, like, wrestling was just, like, the next level to that. It was, the you know, soap operas and stuff made sense to me because I studied it, I lived it. And then, of course, wrestling was a different kind of soap opera. So yeah, so when I go out and I I put together a dance performance, I kind of imagine it like, okay, so I need to get them excited so that I can get to the next bit. Because you can't can't fuck a guy and he's not excited, right? If we were honest, right? You kind of need the guy working to to go anywhere, right? So that was how I looked at it. And when I put together the dance stuff, it was exactly how I looked at it. I'd have the okay dancers go out first and then I would have like the bigger ones coming in next and then I'd have me coming in and doing the whole fucking psychopath routine at the end and that's what got people excited if Mm -hmm. we'd gotten if we'd actually had any business sense and we'd gotten into a residency program maybe Apache would be a lot further on than it is now that's just me personally what we were doing didn't work in the UK. If I had been in the US and we had done it in the US, it might have worked. But it just didn't work where we were living. And I, I think that's why I wanted to do it in Layla's world. Because these were my friends. They gave their lives to do this. So I felt like I could bring the dance element to it. I could Because I lived it, I breathed it. And I still train, I still stretch, I still do all that. And you brought in the wrestling side. Yeah. Even though most people think we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing I do, it's, yeah, it's, 
you know, that's the nicest thing you could say about it. <laughs> a, yeah, but I mean, if, if, right, okay, say you go to the films, right? Say you're going to the theater, and there's like a, a trailer saying, oh, we're going to have uh, a dancer and a wrestling film, right? You're not going to go watch it because... It, well, if it's a smoking hot girl that's the dancer and it's an alright looking guy for a wrestler, you might be interested in it. We just kind of take it further than that. Like, we, we build it as it's further than that. The thing is, is, it isn't really about the dancing and the wrestling. No. It's, that's the, the, it's, family, me, yeah. it's the family story underneath it. They just happen to be the drama that's their vocations. It, yeah. 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 I, st- I still love that fucking bathroom scene we put in book one. The witch? With ha- the bathroom scene with Harold and Marie when they're in the Marie. hotel bathroom and you're standing outside and she's having a fucking fight with Harold in the bathroom. Marie. I thought that was brilliant. I still think that's brilliant. That still makes me pop every time. I get so happy with that. Yes. <laughs> that was your That was your scene, though, to be fair. Or can you not remember that? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it works, it works. I'm happy it does. Yeah. But even even if I you know contribute more or less, it's still you know both our efforts. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was extremely hard though to try and kind of think of well, how would if I had to jump boat from being a dancer and I had to go into the wrestling business because say you were my dad and I just suddenly get fucking thrown in at the deep end, how would I survive? And I'm. I thought, well, actually, I probably would survive because I would just take everything I've learned from my world, which is all psych-based, and I would just implant it in yours. That's how I'd do it. So once I got over that, I could write it. But I still feel like I I didn't quite give you guys enough justice, though. I still feel like I let the side down a little bit. (laughs) Did we answer both questions there? No, uh, the other one was why we called Marie's World Marie's World. Go ahead, hit it. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember why we called it that. It was your idea. Was it? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I I have no excuse for a loss of memory, because I've only had two concussions. So. <laughs> I think largely. Yeah. It's because the whole thing kind of hinged initially from Marie's uh, involvement in everybody else's life. She was the yeah. linchpin that everything else kind of moved around. Other stories well, branch true. out from there, but yeah. it also, ultimately all the conflict starts when she arrives in the scene. Yeah. And I, I quite like that because I, I hate books when you pick it up and you only get that one perspective. I don't know if you feel the same because you're reading more now than what you did when we first met, but like, I always get bored of reading the same character's thought pattern the whole way through because I'm like well what's what's the other guy thinking mm-hmm. like how does the other guy feel about this stuff like and that used to frustrate me now since we've done our book point of views have actually increased so we're now seeing more books coming out with like multiple different character points of view right, right. that's down to us okay we didn't have a hit bestseller but major publishing companies have looked at what we did, liked what we did and has kind of just gone I'll take that you know yeah. and, and to be so, honest like like I said with the Marvel thing mm-hmm. following a format that's as successful I mean Marvel technically is the most successful film company in history yeah 100% 
They've never they've never lost money at the box office. No. And they have several billion dollar franchises. Mm-hmm. That's so if we're gonna inadvertently, I mean it's not like we plan to, but if we inadvertently <laughs> follow that kind of blueprint yeah. on on large long term story structure. I don't think we're doing a bad thing. You know, there's worse there's worse uh, kind of blueprints to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean when I did it, I, I wasn't thinking, oh, we got to do it this, you know, I wasn't thinking we got to do it this way. I was just thinking we need to allow the characters to talk because otherwise you just think Marie's a bitch the entire way through and you don't understand why she's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew we had to find a way to let other people have a voice. But you, al- but you also have to hear the other people's voice mm-hmm. so that you know why they don't just say, oh, you're a bitch, piss off. Yeah, but that was the and biggest thing we came up against. You know what I need, you know... I need to speak to her about this. I need her involved in this, that, and not just say mm-hmm. piss off. We have to know yeah. why they're like that. It's not just because, yeah. you know, like in so many stories, it's just because that person is the centerpiece of the story. So for some reason, everybody puts up with them. Yeah. And, and I didn't want it to be that for us. With, with multiple, yeah. with multiple kind of uh, perspectives, then you understand it more why people would. I mean, how many people do you know where you're friends with them and other people can't stand them? Actually, quite a few. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm but a lazy like, well, person. <laughs> but my perspective is this person's like this, but I understand why yeah. they don't like this person. Yeah. Like, I could, yeah. I, I could always see it, but I'm life. just too lazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's very real life. I think people can identify with that. And I think... Everybody has that one friend that, you know, they can't put on speakerphone. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I No, I have this, um, this friend. I was actually just thinking of her the other day. She was a stripper at a, at the club that was named after me. And she always started every phone call with my my stripper nickname, which I am not going to repeat. Because if I say it, I know somebody's going to tell the boys and it's going to go around and I'm not going there. <laughs> okay, yeah. But like, like we started the conversation with, be careful what you put out online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, and she would always say, hey, blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? How- are you fucking anybody lately? Like, that was always how she started a conversation. Yeah. And I knew, because if I was with a set group of people, like my family, I couldn't have her on speakerphone. Because then my dad would be like, wait, what? Yeah. You know? Because he thought I was a special virgin little girl, and I wasn't. Um, yeah, you know. And it, that was that was what it was like for me. And then, but yeah, like... Now my dad knows I write erotica because he bought my book, by the way. Oh, okay. Summer of Him. Okay. Which I ba- you know who I based that on, right? Yeah, that's very sweet of him to do. I mean, even though the subject matter is going to make him uncomfortable, that's super supportive of him to do. Um, it w- It's different. Like, if you were my dad, okay, I would be cool with it because you get, you get the performance industry. I think it's been very eye-opening for my dad to learn about all the secret stuff I was doing when I was younger. Because mm. he had no clue. Like, he right. had no clue that I met wrestlers, you know, in different areas. Or that I went and I danced. Or that I trained strippers, right? This was all this was all news to him. But when I got the sepsis and I got trained, my mom just sort of stooged everything to him. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I could have done without, by the way, because you can't have an argument with somebody holding up a whiteboard, okay? It just doesn't yeah. work. So, 
then it was like my dad came down for a weekend and we had to actually sit and go over stuff that I never talked about before and then he was like how did I not know you were doing this and how did I not know you weren't doing you know how did I not know any of this and I'm like well I didn't want you to know that and he's like is that why you're so close with Joe because you can sit there and you can tell him stuff and I'm like well because Joe doesn't judge me he's seen it all in his line of work so but also you know no dad wants to think that about his dog. Okay. Scenario-wise. Yeah. I'm your kid. You find out that I've been doing the stuff I do. Are you going to get pissed at, at your kid for doing what no, I do? No, I'm going to judge myself as a parent. Hmm. Why didn't I know? Why didn't she trust me to tell me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So there's going to be a discomfort there. It just doesn't mean, you know, he's pissed off Oh, he was, he was pissed at me, though. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's kind of pissed off at himself. No, because he, he's like, oh, I raised you to be a woman, and I raised you to be a lady, and I... And I'm like, yeah, and I was when I was at home. But when I went on, and I went with my friends, I did stuff because I was rebelling. It's normal. Mm-hmm. But I think because my brother never rebelled, and then I kind of rebelled for the both of us. Well, okay, yeah. You know, like, and he was he was so... He was the kind of dad that lived with his head in the sand so now when he listens to the podcast he's like he gets to hear stories from my past that he knows is true I really wish he wouldn't listen but he you know he knows and then he's like mm-hmm. oh okay like when I when I told him that it was so funny because I told this story to him not that long ago I turned around to him and said hey dad do you know how close I came to wanting to marry a wrestler just so that I could have an excuse to be on the road all the time and he's like, no. I said, this close. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't do that. Because, mm. like, the idea of me being gone all the time was scary for him. Yeah. But I technically yeah, My was. boys are 15. They pulled an overnight at a buddy's place. They, his, mm-hmm. It was their friend's birthday. Their, their birthdays are one day after the other. Yeah. So they went and did a birthday for this kid. They're one of their really good friends. Great kid. Mm-hmm. But... I sit here and I don't know what to do with myself. Like, my kids are like, they yeah. are my best friends. This That's Friday, why my dad goes to lunch. That's why he goes to lunch. Because he doesn't doesn't know what to do when we're not there. Like, this Friday, I'm taking uh, Connor, we're going to Hamburg for oh, his cool. birthday gift. I'm taking him to see Metallica. Yeah. We're going to see Metallica and uh, Mammoth. Oh, yeah. Fired. I know it's his birthday present, but I am... Beyond, you're popping yourself. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing is, like last week, I went and saw the band Jupiter Jones. Mm-hmm. That I did a music video for. Yeah. Right, I, I actually that. loved that video, by the way. That was I nice, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You did. You did nice well with the dancer. It's not normally. It's not normally my type of music. I'm either no. like heavy metal mm-hmm. or like outlaw country. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, because you can't stand the stuff I dance to. But they gave me a call or an email about two yeah. days before. And they said, we're playing Hanover. Why don't you come on over and say hi? We haven't seen you in forever. That's cool. And so I went. I, I, I said, well, I got to teach a class till 830, teach a wrestling class. They yeah. said, it's okay. Our opening act goes on at 8. We go on at 9. Yeah. So it's the same place I saw my buddy. He, my buddy's a bass player for Anvil. I went and Anvil. So good. Anyway, yeah. I went and saw Jupiter Jones. I didn't expect to enjoy it partially because... I wasn't with my kids. It's like, I'd rather mm-hmm. go home and be with my kids. 
Yeah. Then when I got there, I had the best time. It was they put on such a good show. I'm so I'm so amazed because I didn't expect to like as much as I did. I thought, oh, yeah. it's nice, but it was so they were really good. Like it was really the crowd was into it. Was just there's something about live music. I'm huge, mm-hmm. huge fan. Um, but in the I've only ever been to one time, concert. I don't know why I'm agreeing. <laughs> I've, been to, I've been to dozens and dozens. And dozens. I know. But um, and like I say, Metallica this week. This will be my second time seeing Metallica. Yeah. Um, but part of me, even though I was enjoying myself, was man, I wish the kids were here so I could, you know, talk to them about this. Like, look what they look what the drummers doing right now. This is great. Yeah. Look at that. You know, like I that's, just, that's I what live. I love about you is that you do put your kids first, and I think Completely. if it hadn't been for my mom stooging on me, my dad would never had that the relationship we have now, where I don't keep secrets from it. Mm. Like. You should have heard his reaction when I said, hey, I'm going off to work with so-and-so wrestler. And he's like, are you getting in the ring? No. Are you going to be in the car with him? No. Okay, then, you know, he was happy. Like, he is terrified if I ever go on the road with you guys because he either thinks I'll end up getting you all killed or I'll get us all in jail. (laughs) Because you know what my mind is like. But that's a different story. But also, wrestlers... Just road life has a reputation. Whether you're in music, whether you're in yeah. wrestling, whether you're in sports, any, anything. Yeah, but I don't drink anymore. So. The whole what's on the road stays on the road type thing. He doesn't want yeah. his daughter around. Though. If I had a but daughter, he has no clue more. about that. To be fair, though. Oh, he's probably wiser than you give him credit for. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, even though it's not, he doesn't might not know about wrestling. He's probably, I mean, he probably watches some sport. I mean. Probably soccer. I made him watch wrestling for like ten years. So right, but anything, yeah. anytime that you see a movie mm-hmm. where you know the famous people are on the road, yeah, it always winds up. You see the big party. You see the rock stars having the big parties. You see, you know the, you know, it's always something he, crazy. Happening. And he knows that I'm wild anyway. Yeah, and he knows that I'm wild. Like I laughed at him the other day. He's like, "Are you are you going to be going with Father Jokes?" That's what he calls you as well. Father Joe right. and I was like, yeah, of course I'm going far with Joe. Oh, you'll be fine then. Joe'll not let you do anything stupid. And I'm like, Joe's not going to watch me anyway. I'm I'm a 34 year old woman who's not as wild as she yeah. was. Like, I'm not a babysitter. Yeah. No, like, you, I mean, if you saw me running down the hall in my underwear, you might say, Crystal, come on. Like, but I don't do oh, that I just, anymore. I just turn a hose on. You'd be fine. Yeah, but that's my point, though. <laughs> I don't do stuff like that anymore. I'm not that out there like I was trying to explain to my dad it's different now if I if I was crashing in a room and some guy passed out in my couch people would talk but I wouldn't care because I know nothing's happened right so it's different and I was explaining that to my dad I'm like not every wrestler that I'm friends with or work with wants to screw me that was the other thing I was trying to get across to him the other night I I, you know I'm not interested because, right. what was it, the first thing I said to you when we met, I would never date a wrestler. Right. Remember that? And I, I said that because I know what the dance boys were like on the road, and I have trust issues. So I wouldn't put myself in that situation. So I keep reminding my dad of that. Every time I, he finds out I'm working with somebody, he's like, uh, and he asks, he does, he'll ask me, are you going on the road with them? Because he's terrified that I'm going to end up getting sucked into what he thinks is the Mm-hmm. The wrestling because orgy road, bubble. There's a certain you know? reputation that road life has. Yeah. But I'm not I mean, that stupid. I, was them, I wouldn't want my daughter around it either. I mean, if I had a daughter. 
I wouldn't want yeah. my sons around right now just because I don't not because I don't trust them, because I don't trust the people around. Yeah. Okay. Right. If I was going on the road in a car, I'm 16 years old and I'm with a bunch of wrestlers. You're my dad. I could understand you freaking out. Right? I could you get don't have that. Kids. No. Fuck. Right. I am not looking forward your to kids, that. Your, your kids are your kids forever. Yeah. You do know we're trying for kids right now, right? Good for you. It's the best thing I've ever done. Being a dad is easy. Second best thing I ever did was get my hips replaced. First best thing is having kids. Yeah, see, right, okay. I want this cleared up. I got my jaws replaced and I thought, oh, this will be the easiest thing in the world. I was like, fuck. <sighs> having my jaw jaws do you not remember the state I was in after yeah. I got them done? Fucking, and then I got the sepsis last year that, you know, it's like, well, no, it's three years ago now. You know, I still wear those scars. I feel like mm-hmm. I am one of you guys now because I've got all the scars to go with it. I'm, I'm not doing bad on the scars overall. I got a few over my eyes here. Yeah, one, but you've, you've never cut as much. Yeah, we got a scar here from Toronto. How did you get that one? This one here. Yeah, fingernail. I did the the finger chop to the neck. I had a long nail and carved me there, and I've got a scar from it of all the stupid things. Well, you know that I have the scar on my ass because I fell through the fucking glass in the bar. That's the only well, that's the only one I had from from dancing. I've never gone through glass. I've broken a million tables. I've fallen off of cages and such. Bears and, you know, sort of bullshit like that. But I never... Yeah. I, I used a bit of barbed wire in Japan. Yeah, but nothing. my point, though, is you guys know how to use it in a way that doesn't hurt other people. Derek just didn't check that the bar was fucking whole before he got mm. his on it. And I went through it because of his stupidity. Right. He was oh, funny. Enough videos of people doing stupid shit like that. So. Yeah, but the thing is, when he was supposed to be checking the bar, he was always screwing a fucking girl. <laughs> that was my problem. You guys in wrestling saying, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to jump on this class and we're going to break it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not even, like, their their intent is to do it. And yeah, whereas sense. ours wasn't, yeah. Because they're done. So at least yours was an accident. Theirs is intention. It's done. Yeah, but then, like, when I did Apache, I was trained to pull my punches. Because I went and I did stage fighting. I knew how to take, you know, to do it, right? And a lot of the guys that they would bring in to do Apache with me and Derek, they didn't know what they were doing. So I did have broken noses, split lips, you know, which was very hard to cover, by the way, from my father. But I had those incidents. I had bruises in my ribs where guys actually physically kicked me. And I had to cover that shit up. Mm. I wish, I, like, what I know now, I would not trust, a, I wouldn't trust people to do Apache with me unless I knew they knew how to fight, stage fighting, or at least mm-hmm. done wrestling, because you guys don't put all your weight and body through it. No, no. It's, then I would have, I would be in better shape now. But I've been also, like, I'll get, I'll look down at my leg and I'll see a huge, like, scratch on it. Like, yeah. it was bleeding and stuff, and I won't know where it happened. No, I'm the same. And I don't worry. Like people, are like, oh my god, look at that. Are you okay? Like, like, mm-hmm. oh, did that happen? Oh shit! Just because I'm so used to, you know, We're getting out of the rain. Oh, there's a bump. There's a bruise. There's a, you know, yeah. something happened there. Oh. There's a swelling. Yeah, well, he should see. He should see happened. the bruise I have at the moment. Oh. I was training the other day, and I went to slide across the floor, and I missed my spot. 
So mm. my knee went straight into the wall. <laughs> knee first, too. <laughs> This is this is why I should be training in a studio, not in a hallway. Mm. Yeah, does Crystal learn? No. Their yeah, the studios are sprung as well. So if you do go flying across it, you don't break your ribs. Yeah, they tend to, you know, mm-hmm. they have a good uh, forethought in what's yeah. going to happen in that place. To be honest, like one of the things I always wanted to do with you when nobody else was around was to get in because friends friends of mine have done dance stuff in boxing rings and stuff and they say it's completely better than what we used for our stuff because we what we were doing was on concrete essentially Mm. there was no padding there was nothing there so i would love to find out what it actually feels like underneath me and compare like you know stage to like ring to to what we danced off of but i don't think that's going to happen for a very long time I'll have to just sneak. What's available, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll have to just, like, figure something out. <laughs> yeah, close. Oh, I will make you laugh. There's there's a story. So, <laughs> Ian was trying to turn something off on my computer last week, and I accidentally locked him in a, in a submission hold, and I didn't even mean to do it. What hold? Crossface. Okay. Just randomly. <laughs> I was like, you're not touching my computer. <laughs> I there tied him know. up and he's like, what the hell? And he's like, you've been hanging out with wrestlers too much. I thought that's my yeah. told. <laughs> it's like, no, I just watch it. No, I, get, I get students who, like, you know, you're teaching holds and then they'll throw a hold on me. Like, mm-hmm. ah, I gotcha. And then I gotta, like, hook them out of it. Yeah. Like, it's just a simple, like, sleeper, rear naked choke. I'm, like, waiting for them to put the hooks in. Yeah. So once they put the hooks in, they're actually feeding me their like, and I put them in a shin lock, and they go into a full body panic. Yeah. And so just before you, just before we start, let me know. Does this hurt? And then they freak out. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it hurts. <laughs> so because I know enough holes, and I know enough reversals out of the holes, and I know how to shoot. And I know. How to I never even meant to do it. It was just I was, I went to stop him, and I don't know if it was just the way my brain was working that night because I had been working on our book. And I just stuck him in a, I just stuck him in a cross face. And then I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he's fine. He was fine with it, but he's like, yeah, he bans me from watching wrestling before I go to sleep. There we go. I can imagine so. I valved him a couple of times in the middle of the night or punched him in the throat and he's like, no. <laughs> so I can't believe him. in the throat, nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking of going to bed, it's nine o'clock here. I, I know, I know. I have to, I have to go and do another call. Um, no, okay, th- so well, that was well, us. We talked, we talked about the contract, kind of, and we talked. Sort of, yeah. Danced around. Yeah, we sort, we sort of talked about other stuff, really, didn't we? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I'll just stick this out as it is, because. Sure. Yeah, because I don't think anything we've said will offend anybody, right? I don't think we've said anything out of line. No, but we'll have to cut. You'll have to come back because we will actually have to discuss Marie being released re-released and like where we see the series going but in such a way that we don't give it all away yeah like I say, and then we'll have to come back and we'll have to do the podcast where we talk about that other thing we're doing yeah well, that's uh yeah we'll save that for when and everything's 100% official yeah I still have to convince Raven to come on for that yeah 
I might ask you to do that one, actually. Yeah, fine, I don't mind. No, you you can convince him. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much luck with that. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll do it. It's fun. It's, it's, it's just for fun, so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like this podcast is painful. No, oh, no, it's pretty laid back. Yeah, I like laid back. Well, yeah. anyway, guys, that's been a great podcast with me and Joe, or as I like to call him, Father Joe, Father as I Joe. normally scream yeah. at him. I'm going to call you that I'm, from now on. That's going to be it, like, because you have be been more guest. like a, because you've been more like a dad for to me, yeah. like since we met. To be fair, yeah, well, I'm an old guy. I have that effect. Well, me. no, <laughs> it's usually you saying to me, Crystal, what are you doing? Don't do that. And then you give me advice and say, right, do it this way. Right. Let's be, let's so be honest. Just because I'm, you know, experienced. Because I've spent a lot of time on the world. <laughs> to me, I, t- I almost imagine you going into a locker room and you're being, like, the father figure of the locker room for some reason. I kind of am. I kind of yeah. come in and help guys out with some shit all the time. Then, which I don't mind doing. I'm happy to help guys out. Because I was, I was laughing in my head last night. I was like, I wonder what it would be like if I just was a fly on the wall and sort of you had Raven, you in the same room because you're about the same age so like who technically gets father figure on that one I don't know it's more a brother thing between he and I yeah but like everybody else usually because it's hierarchy isn't it like there's always the guy that's like at the well, top depends, of the locker because like, I think the people who who know me would probably mm-hmm. come to me and people who don't know me would probably go raving because they know of him from of TV. him yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they go with God. the familiarity I think I think he would if he'd ever had kids and it you know, and it was like somebody like me who was slightly out there. I think that might have changed the way he was. In the end, maybe. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. I, I I wonder that I, w- I think you'd have been a really good dad. Raven. Mm-hmm. He'd have been focused. Like whatever yeah. he gets into, he gets into a thousand percent. Yeah. I'm just saying, so, he'd have yeah. been a damn good if dad. He decided, if he decided he wanted to be dad, like, he probably would have majority walked away from wrestling simply because his mm-hmm. laser focus would be on the kids. He'd find something else to do so he could be around them all the time. Yeah, like you did. Yeah. He'd be, oh, I'm completely, I'm fucking obsessive. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's where you're similar because he gets obsessive. Yeah. And when we were writing yeah, the books, yeah, yeah. we were obsessive. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. But no, I was like, because I was thinking that the other night when I was thinking of him I'm like yeah he'd he'd have been really awesome as a dad but he would have been so controlling as well like I think my dad's bad for that and then I'm like I almost put myself in the situation well okay if if my dad wasn't my dad and I had you or Raven I'm pretty sure you would have fucking tagged me well Scott would have seen Scott's seen some of the crazy stuff so he'd he'd be wary of it letting his kids get around it yeah but the point is you would have electric tagged me. He wouldn't have never let me go into dance the way that I did. Maybe. But either way, I gotta go and yeah, get my kids. Yeah, we both gotta We could yeah. talk for hours, me and him. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so that was the podcast, guys, for this week, and I will catch up with you guys all again the following.